to Totalis Rankium. This week, Basil. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine 11. It's episode 121, Basil. Yay! That makes me really happy. Why? My dog's called Basil. <laughs> yes, he is. So in my head, this is an episode about my dog. Good, good. Which either be brilliant or very sad at the end. Um, well, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, uh, quick recap, because there's a lot of moving parts at the moment. Yeah? Yep. So let's uh, just let's just go over what's going on. Theophilus and Theodora had a son called Michael III. Yes. Good. <laughs> After the death of Theophilus, Theodora takes charge. But her brother Bardas convinces her nephew Michael III to take power away from Theodora, and she is put under palace arrest and then nunned. Bardas gets rid of the patriarch Ignatius. Remember yep. him? Uh, who spends an uncomfortable few years being tortured and then being invaded by Vikings. Oh. You remember he, he got... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just putting those two ideas in my head, like he was being tortured, then he was he was invaded by... Pretty much, yeah. By a few Vikings. Pretty much, that's what happened. Yeah, not, not fun times. Photius took over. Yeah. Yeah, but he falls out with the Pope. Oh. Over several things, but one of them being the fact that the Bulgars under Boris are now Christian, but Western Popey Christian, not Eastern Patriarchy Christian. Oh dear. Nicholas, Pope Nicholas, declared Photius a usurper, and later Photius declared Nicholas deposed whilst making a deal with the Western emperors. Remember, there's three Frankish kings at the moment, yes. so it's all a bit messy over there. Yeah, and I kind of made a, 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 an error, so sad music should probably be on. Um, I said Nicholas was deposed. Hmm. Whereas looking into it this week, I realised I made a mistake. It was just Photius, the patriarch, declared him deposed. But he wasn't actually. I mean, there's a big difference really, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, but he seemed... Like me, me saying you're a squirrel. Yeah, and me actually being a squirrel. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're two different things. Yeah. Both true in this case. But, yes. Um, Get your tail out of my face. Sorry. Every week. So yeah, uh, Nicholas dies shortly afterwards, so whether he was deposed or not, I'm, I couldn't really work out. It was a bit weird. Pontifax will cover it, it's fine. Yeah. All Pontifax have just recorded Pope Hilarious episode. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> was he his... Oh, oh, we need to listen to that then. Oh yeah, it's not out yet, but no. they've just recorded it. I hope they've um, got his music on at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we give you permission to use the Pontifax. Um, anyway, so that's what's all going on. Uh, during all this time, Basil comes onto the scene. Okay. Oh. I'm now going to tell you about Basil. Before I do, you just need to be aware that we've got loads of detail of his early life, bizarrely. Yeah. Then he becomes emperor and the details kind of fade a bit. Interesting. And then we get some more detail at the end of his life. Okay. And all the bits with detail are probably made up. Oh, wonderful. Um, and all the, the scant bits are like when real history is going on. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, we are covering the detail because there's some good story in there. Excellent. Yeah, but just know that we're very unsure whether this is true. Just think historical Augusta levels of being dubious. So four drunk men in a pub. Yeah, pretty much. Writing stuff up. Yeah. Okay, here we go then. Basil. Born at some point, somewhere, 
to some parents, but every part of that is debated. Apart from the parents' part, he had parents. Okay. But who they were, yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but not debated because we have no details, debated because we have various stories that no one's sure whether they're true or not. Excellent. Oh, this is the best history. Oh, yeah. So, where? Where's he from? His family appear to have originated from Armenia, but they had been resettled in Thrace in one of those right to your moving now moves that the emperors sometimes did. Yeah. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. It's Saturday. Let's move these people. Yeah, one of those, oh, we need someone as a like a buffer to those barbarians. You there. Off you go and live on the Danube. You're part of Operation Human Shield. Yes, exactly. So his family were possibly moved over there. Uh, so maybe he was born in Thrace. However, he has the name Basil of Macedonia. So what does that mean? So maybe he was born in the neighbouring province. Macedonia. Okay. Yes. Uh, Basil, by the way, is the start of the Macedonian dynasty. Arguably the greatest dynasty of all of Roman history. Really? Oh, yeah. At least the longest reigning. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a lot of Macedonians for a while. Ooh. Uh, they were also known for being the ones ruling during the Golden Age of Byzantium. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I thought we were on the down Oh, no, no, now. no. We're, we're going up a bit. Are we? Before Ooh. we then go back down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Oh, good. Just, just know, we've, we've got some good stuff coming up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. Strong sperm, young Basil has. Yeah, yeah well, that's debatable. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On too much detail, I, I hope. <laughs> if you could deposit your sample, please, Basil. <laughs> so, anyway, maybe born in Thrace... Maybe born in Macedonia. We, we don't really know. Uh, but that sort of region. On top of this, when we look into the when he was born, things get even murkier. We have a story that Crom, you remember Crom? Crom. After his victory against Nikephros way back in 813, mm. carried off many prisoners. And according to one story, this included a two-year-old Basil. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was being carried in his mother's arms, and he mainly grew up in Bulgaria, in a place named Macedonia, due to the number of Macedonians who had been taken prisoner and dumped in this region in Bulgaria. So that's another story for why he's called Basil the Macedonian. Wow. It was not the real Macedonia. However, this puts his birth date at 811. And what's the current year? Well, this will make him 75 when he dies. Which right. isn't unbelievable, but no. for reasons I'm not going to spoil about his death, it does seem unlikely. Um, <laughs> Maybe this is a virulent death. <laughs> not only that, it would put him in his late 40s when he meets and befriends Michael. So remember that scene with him calming down the oh, horse? Oh, yes. Yeah. It just seems to put him really late. Um, yeah, you think? I, I imagine him being in his 20s at that point. Ah, well, there's another theory that uh, Basil's parents were taken by Crumb and they escaped back to the Empire in the 830s, and that's when Basil was born. And made little Basil. That puts him roughly the same age as Michael, a little bit older. That seems to fit the story a lot better. And why would that. Michael befriend this man nearly in his 50s? But someone a few years older when you were in your late teens? Yeah. That seems more likely. It's also shown him to be like really strong and you know, yeah. muscly. And... So I'm going for the 830s birth, okay. um, but just know you you see the 811 birth in more places. Okay. Um, but I, I just don't like that one. So we're going for 830. We're going to make Basil younger. <laughs> I love history. Yeah. It's so fluid. <laughs> Still, something we do know. We know that he was born... To peasants. Ooh, that's a bit, I won't say scandalous, but sort of a, would have been looked down upon, I imagine. Oh, yeah. We've not had I'm many, from. have we? No. Yeah, we've had, um, we've had like Thrax a while ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. The horse puncher. The horse puncher. And there's been a couple of others. Yeah. Justinian being mm. one. But yeah, um, it doesn't happen very often. But here we are. We have him born to peasants. It's interesting that a lot of the big, scary or successful emperors, well, those two, like Justinian, very successful. Yeah. Justinian the Great, I believe he was called. Yeah. Um, and Thrax, the, the horse puncher. Yeah. It, it sort of highlights that actually it doesn't matter where you're born, yeah. you can be very successful. You don't have to be, you know, inbred and rich. Well, it highlights that you're far more likely to become the emperor if you're born to the emperor. Yes, um, that helps. And it doesn't matter if you're in the royal family whether you're good or not. But to be the emperor born to a peasant, you need to be damn good. Yes. So that's why fight your way. The, the peasant emperors, when they do get there, are usually damn good emperors. Cause, yeah, because they've had to fight to, tooth yeah. and nail to get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which might tell you something about Basil's personality. Tenacious. Yeah. And someone willing to stab his friend in the back. Or in the front. <laughs> Several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst drunk. Yes. So yeah, anyway, like I say, we've got a surprising amount of detail about his childhood. You'd probably expect it to be, we don't know anything, and yeah. then he joins the army and he rises through the ranks. But oh no, just you get ready. Uh, but again, <laughs> like I say, probably not true. But here we go, here we go. According to Theophanes Continuata, Basil's parents lived in Bulgaria for some time, like I said, and they used their time there to convert many of the pagans who had kidnapped them to Christianity. You've kidnapped me. Have you heard the word of Jesus? <laughs> And the Bulgars going, oh, God, who no, have we, no, who have we no. kidnapped? <laughs> oh, Not no. another one. <laughs> one of the Bulgars going, no, no, it's okay, I've got a trick. All you need to do is ask them whether Jesus and God are the same person or not. Keeps them occupied for hours. <laughs> one family they were arguing for years. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sitting there now. In fact, the war started off in Italy, I heard. <laughs> I mean, anyway, so yeah, this is obviously um, a made-up story to say Basil's parents were there at the start of the Christianization of, of the Bulgars. Yeah, so yeah. a bit of a a bit of additional glory for the family. Yeah, exactly. Now, soon after this, uh, the parents were released. We don't know why. Maybe because they kept banging on about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> let him go, let him go! Yeah. We've converted, um, I promise. They, they headed back to Thrace, or the real Macedonia, wherever they were from, and they set up a, a farm and they just attempted to get on with their lives. Hmm. Occasionally getting flashbacks. <laughs> Dad wakes up screaming underneath the bed in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Now those little seeds, those helicopter seeds, when they, they yeah. fall and they twirl around, he sees them and he just gets, like, <laughs> chopper flashbacks. It's, it's awful. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so one day, whilst they were tending to the crops in the height of summer, the mother placed little baby Basil who had been born by this point. We're not yeah. sure when exactly, but he, he's a little baby. And they place him underneath some leaves to keep him shaded, like a little makeshift. And I imagine low, low branches of a tree, bend yeah. it down, hide him a bit. Yeah, exactly. Not at least under a big pile of leaves. No, no. Parenting 101, you're tending to the crops. Uh, Shove the baby over there. Yeah, put, put the baby under a tree. Mm. Makes sense. But the work lasted for a long time, and uh, the sun shifted in the sky, as it does. Magic. And soon, Basil was in the full glare of the sun, feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's hot over there. Yeah. But then, you're going to like this, an eagle. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. Flew down and sat nearby with its wings outstretched, sheltering the child. 
No, it didn't. No, it absolutely did not. Totally did. The mother <laughs> saw the eagle and immediately dropped to her knees. And knew he would be emperor one day. No. Oh. So she could pick up a stone to throw at the eagle. There was an eagle <laughs> near her, child. <laughs> Get away, you horrible big eagle. <laughs> I really like this touch of realism in this yeah, obviously yeah. made-up story. That's quite cool, man. Just imagine they're in the pub. So, so the eagle's next to them. What would the mother do? Well, she would... She she would embrace it as a sign. No, she'd just throw a stone, wouldn't she? Get away from my child! Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the mother, feeling a bit better, returned to her work. Note how she doesn't then shade Basil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. Sign to sizzle by this point. <laughs> yes. Anyway, she returns to her work, but then she looks up and sees once more the eagle has returned, and once more its wings are outstretched, sheltering little Basil. Again, she ran forwards. And this time, what happened? She knew he would be emperor. No, no. She picked up another stone. Oh, good. And threw it at the eagle again. Thank goodness. The bird backed away, apparently looking a bit annoyed, as if it was expecting to be rewarded. Just holding out a claw. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. For a tip. Help an eagle out. (laughs) (laughs) To eagle some tut. (laughs) Probably. (sighs) Rolled its eyes. Just not getting this, are you? I'm a message from God. (laughs) Come on. Your son will be emperor. (laughs) Trying to scratch that into the soil with his beak. Yes. A couple of smaller birds holding up a banner behind them. <laughs> Little blue birds. Yeah. <laughs> She's not getting it. Right, ants, form. Form words. Anyway, the third time it happened. Right. And I quote here, She was finally able to perceive this meaning as a sign from God. Goodness sake. <laughs> Everyone in the field that day apparently then realised little Basil was destined for great things. Quick, let's put him in charge of the horses then. No, 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 not yet. He jumped ahead. Um, Although you do need to jump ahead. Basil is now a teenager, doing whatever teenagers did back l- then. A lot of room time. A lot of room time. Uh, yeah. But also, remember, Basil is, he's well-muscled, he's well-toned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's hes had at least three or four montages working out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just lots of close-up shots of him, like, grunting and quite sweaty. Yeah. And it pans out. He's working out. It's fine. Yeah. He's working out. He's getting buff and then his father dies we don't know how too much exercise yeah maybe basil dropped a dumbbell on him or something <laughs> um yeah leaving the family with one fewer person to help feed them yeah basil a young man with a head full of adventure wanted to go to the capital to seek his fortune but we need someone to work here and work the farm basil no think of your family yeah said his mother you got that pretty much spot on uh, she also said he could go once she was dead and he had personally buried her <laughs> literally you can go over my dead body <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> once you've seen me in the ground then you can go and this is where the planning took place. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's a brave thing to say to it Basil. Is. Well, we we know the future, so we know what he does. But uh, This is this where he just peels back the wallpaper in his room and see the chalk drawings of the Oh, plan. no. <laughs> That's not good. He's starting to train horses to <laughs> do his bidding. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe maybe his mother started getting a bit freaked out. Why is this bear whistling? trap in the kitchen, Basil? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why is my cup of tea just smoking? (laughs) Basil, are you trying to kill me again? (laughs) 
No, mother. Promise. So eventually she... Why is a horse staring at me? <laughs> eventually she relented. Okay, go, go. <laughs> go, Stop please. It. Yeah. Basil set off on foot to the capital. Yeah, apparently uh, they realised they just couldn't feed themselves. So one less mouth to feed. Maybe you could make some money yeah. and send it back. One less person to work. Yeah, there is that. Anyway, he arrives one evening at the Golden Gate of the capital, exhausted. He passes through the gate, just as night was falling, and he found a little bit of floor in a forecourt nearby to sleep in, kind of tucked out the way a bit. Oh. There he is, just with his with his hanky on his stick. Yeah. No friends, no one to talk to. Only his muscles. And he just falls asleep, using its bicep as a pillow. <laughs> <sighs> Now, leave Basil sleeping there and pan up. Good, that was nice. Uh, because we then see that the building he is sleeping in front of is in fact a monastery. Ooh. So now cut to inside where another man is asleep. Nice. He is the abbot of the monastery and he is having a dream. <laughs> cut, cut into the dream. Uh, so now we can see his dream. <laughs> oh yeah, is it like a windy desert scene, is it? But just black sand. Oh yeah. Yeah, black sky. In his dream, Saint Diomedes appeared in front of him. Ooh. Now, Saint Diomedes, as I'm sure everyone knows, is a is a man who was arrested, arrested. and then died. And died, died yeah. during the Diocletian Di persecution. Di yeah, persecution. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um Diomedes appears in front of him. And speaks to him thus. Oh, yes. He says to the abbot, go out to the main entrance of the monastery and call the name Basil. A boy will come forth, look after him, for God has declared him Emperor. 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 Gong. The abbot wakes up. <laughs> Who? And what does he do? That's a weird dream. And goes back to sleep. Got it in one this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You're getting wise to this. Yeah. Yes. He wakes up. Uh, I'd like to think he just uh, rubs his eyes, looks at the half-eaten cheese next to his bed, and uh, and then goes back to sleep. Exactly. Do you think this, this, is, this is written by the same people who did Historia Augusta? Oh, I think so. And they're sort of going, right, the the, the, the first book, <laughs> bit tight. Let's add a bit of realism to this one. Yeah, yeah, let's let's get gritty. Yeah. This is the gritty sequel where yeah. everything's a bit more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes back to sleep. And he has another dream. <laughs> this time, Diomedes says to him, no, seriously, go outside, call the name Basil, a boy will come forth because God has declared him emperor. You got that? Good. Off you go. <laughs> and what does he do? I'm really going to stop eating that on that cheese. <laughs> but he still has a bit of a Neville. It's tasty cheese. Yeah, big, big <laughs> chunk of Emmental. There yeah. we go. <laughs> and back to sleep he goes. <sighs> obviously, there is a motif going on here. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing this is to show that Basil was an unlikely uh, yeah, yeah. emperor. Rule um, of three. Yeah, rule of three is always good. Anyway, back to sleep. Another dream. And I'll quote this time. Then he saw the martyr a third time, no longer issuing a command quietly and humbly, 
but uttering terrible threats of what would ensue if his message was not promptly attended to, and, or so it seemed, brandishing a whip. (laughs) (laughs) Diomedes is not messing about anymore. (laughs) Right, mother. (laughs) (laughs) Get up, or you will be punished. (laughs) Go and ask for Basil, all right. There's two kinds of spanking, the good kind and the bad kind. (laughs) The abbot apparently flew out of his bed, ran (laughs) to the main entrance, flung open the door and called out, Basil! (laughs) Please, (laughs) Basil! And again I quote, A boy rose and declared, Here I am, sir. What orders do you have for your servant? Ridiculous. (laughs) And he woke up going like, What? What? Who are you? Why are you calling my name? Now, Why are you holding a whip? <laughs> the abbot... Oh, yeah, I will have some cheese, thank you. <laughs> uh, the, the abbot took him in, fed and washed him, and generally looked after him. And according to the story... <laughs> you want me to strip naked so you can wash me? No! <laughs> That's weird. I heard stories about you people in the big city. <laughs> My mum told me specifically. <laughs> Stop giving me cheese! <laughs> yeah. Now, according to the story, the abbot told Basil of the prophecy, but Basil did not believe it. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Basil then asked if the abbot knew of any work he could find. He's here to make his fortune. Now, the next day, a frequent visitor to the monastery arrived. This was a friend and distant relative to the Emperor Michael III and Bardas. Of course. His name was Theophilus. Yeah. Now, we did come across a friend of Michael in last episode called Theophilus. He was the one, if you remember, who pretended to be the patriarch Ignatius in front of Theodora... And then farted at her. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's no way of telling if this is the same man, but I'm saying it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, (laughs) this is the the farter. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Theophilus apparently liked his servants to fit a particular mould, shall we say. (laughs) It's the noise they made when they went in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That took a moment to hear. (laughs) Yeah, they, they had to be good and big and strong looking. I like my men muscly. Oh yes, rippling with muscles. Apparently he took one look at Basil and immediately hired him. Hell yes. <laughs> I'll have him, thank you very much. Uh, he made Basil perform feats of endurance to show off to his friends. So, um, Theophilus was so impressed that Basil was made his chief groom, a title to his servants. It was a high-up position. So a groom, as I understand, is somebody that would help clean a person and help dress them. Horses. Horses! Horses. So a a horse groomer. Yeah, horse groomer. Uh, But also, he was basically there to stand around and look good. Yeah. Yeah. Check out my man. Yeah, pretty much. Check out the horses my man looks after. Yeah. Now, if even any of this is vaguely based on fact... Um, then Basil then spent the next few years in the service of Theophilus, which does sound likely. I think we're now for the first time on some could-actually-be-true footing. Yeah. So, to recap, what has probably happened is Basil was poor, he went to the capital, and he was hired by Theophilus, who was a friend of the emperor. Yeah. Now, one day, Theophilus headed on to business in the Peloponnese in Greece. Now, again, this is almost certainly completely made up, but here we go. Once there... Theophilus met up with a woman who owned most of the Peloponnese due to her expansive textile business. Massive textile business, yes. Massive business. Her name was Danielis. So, wife of Daniel, essentially. 
Uh, there's no record of who Daniel is, though, so presumably he's dead. Oh. When Theophilus, Danielus, and a group of others went to a local church, Danielus noticed a monk rising up when Basil entered the room. <laughs> he had that what? effect on people. As in stood up, he stood up, bowed his head, a show of respect. So you could say he stood erect. He did, he stood the arrival erect, definitely. Of, yeah. of Basil. Now, the, the wealthy woman approached this monk afterwards and asked, what, what, what are you doing? The monk replied... <laughs> You're a public man. It's a house of God. Um, <laughs> the monk replied... The monk replied that, and I quote here, I did not see this man just as any other man, but as one preordained by Christ to be emperor of the Romans at God's behest. Shortly afterwards, Theophilus left for the capital, but Basil, who had become a bit sick, had waited behind to get better. Yeah. So he was just hanging around. Now, whilst alone, Danielis summoned the groom boy. She showered him with gifts and asked only that he remember her when he ruled the empire. Hmm. Now, why am I telling you this bizarre story and yeah. why was it created? Um, <laughs> well, th this story, it is speculated by historians, was made up to explain how Basil suddenly went from a farm boy with no money to being quite rich. Okay. Now, in real life, it's far more likely as part of Theophilus's entourage Basil found ways to make money. Oh, yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, the court of Michael III was, as we've seen, fairly corrupt, and it would <laughs> appear that Basil made the most out of being a favourite of a friend, the emperor. Yeah, you owe them for money. What? Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, we've just got no idea, but somehow Basil made money, and a fair amount of it. So much so that in the future, when his history was being written up and he needed to look good... They made up this story of, oh, some, some old woman just gave him lots of cash. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah. Anyway, at some point, Basil met and married a woman named Maria. We have no details oh, about Maria. Maria. Um, we can't really place it in the chronology, so I'm going to place it here. It, it yeah. makes sense it would be around here. The two have a few children, um, at least three. Uh, but the one we need to pay attention to is the eldest boy. Basil. Constantine. Oh, Yes. So he's, he's got a wife, he's got a couple of children now, um, and he's still very much the favourite of Theophilus. One day, his master attended a feast being held by none other than Bardas, the Caesar, the emperor to the uncle. Now, there was a delegation of Bulgars who had been invited to this feast, but they soon got drunk and were boasting of the Bulgars' ability to fight. In fact, they had an athlete with them, they said, who was unbeatable. No one can beat him in a challenge. Bardos was getting visibly annoyed by this, so Theophilus leaned to him and said, and I quote, If it please your highness, there is one of my servants who could do battle with this famous Bulgar. It would be a great dishonour for the Romans if this fellow were to return to Bulgaria unchallenged. We'll use Basil has no expertise in fighting, no expertise in sport and any kind other than weightlifting. Maybe that's what it was. Was it a weightlifting competition? It was wrestling. Oh, fair enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently Basil knew how to wrestle. Well, then you tell me something, brother! <laughs> He'd say. I'm going to squeeze you! I'm going to choke you out! <laughs> yeah, the, the fight was set up, and again I'll quote, The place where the wrestlers were to contend was wet, so scattering ashes and sawdust on the floor prevented them from slipping on the damp surface. When this was done, Basil came to grips with the Bulgar. So there Ooh. they are, face to face, they just grab each other. How do you think this is going to go? Basil will lose. Yeah? I think so. T lose twice and win the third time. Oh, nice. Come back. Everyone likes that, don't they? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Basil came to grips with the Bulgar, grasping and strangling him like a newborn child. Oh. Yeah. Which I think says something about whoever wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> how did he strangle him? We need some kind of simile. Um, strangled him like a... Got it. A newborn child. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you strangle newborn children? Well, yes. Oh, fair enough. Let's, let's put Three that in there. morning. Uh, uh, I'll continue. He lifted him up as easily as though he was a truss of hay or a fleece of wool. Good God, a power slam! And threw him onto the table. My God! Through the table! <laughs> so, yeah, he, he just picks up the bulgar, strangles him, and then throws his body onto the table. Quite impressive. Impressive. Good God almighty! I'm scared, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> the Romans cheered, and soon Basil's story was spreading throughout the capital, and Bardos, the uncle to the emperor nonetheless, knew his name and his face. Basil, not bad. It was not long after this that Michael III was given an unruly horse. <laughs> and this is the story we covered last week, but this time I'll cover a slightly different and more detailed version of it. This time, Michael III had been riding the horse hunting. He had killed a hare, and he had dismounted to claim his kill. An entire rabbit. Well, a hare, a hare, so that's bigger. That's well, bigger. Yeah, more vicious, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Bigger teeth. <laughs> yeah, they can gnaw at your ankles like no one's business. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Michael kept telling everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone else like carrying dead like dead wildebeest and <laughs> a bison. Someone <laughs> <laughs> with a lion on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got, a, got a hair. Well, he, he jumped off his horse. He went yeah. to go and get his hair. And then the horse, which was a very fine horse, uh, but it was he wasn't very well trained and it just galloped off. <laughs> Screw you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I don't agree with their scenting business. Yeah, pretty much. Furious, Michael announced he would kill the horse. Michael's in his late teens at this point, so went in a strop, basically. Bardos, who knew a good horse when he saw one, and also knew a childish tantrum when he saw one of those also, mm. uh, tried to persuade his nephew, don't, don't kill such a fine steed. Yeah. Come on now. We're giving it a name and everything. Leave <laughs> Brian alone. So they were having an argument. Yeah. Uh, now pan to the side, because there is the emperor's friend, Theophilus, and who's looking after his horse. Ah, Basil. It's, it's Basil. Basil approached Theophilus and asked, and again I will quote, If I were to overtake the emperor's horse and, leaping from my own horse, were able to get astride of that horse, would the emperor be angry at me for sitting in the imperial saddle and handling the purple bit and bridle? That Sounds point. like euphemism. <laughs> well, at that point, I imagine Theophilus just went, cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That would be so cool if you could do that. So Theophilus approached his friend, the emperor, and repeated the quest. I imagine Michael just suddenly stopped halfway through his, his childish rant and just went, Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on, then. Badass. Yeah. Who's this guy? I oh, see the guy who did the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, go on, then. Go on, then. Yeah, we'll watch this. So, I quote, Basil skillfully spurred on his own horse in the direction parallel to the Emperor's, and then suddenly leapt up and transferred himself onto the Imperial horse to the immense amazement of those who were present and witnessed the deed. Everyone was just really amazed. Well, uh, this version of the story I preferred to the one last week, which was just a horse whispering thing. I quite like that. It's more sinister. It was a bit more sinister. If you don't calm down, <laughs> I'm going to cut it off. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. But this one, you do have Basil jumping from one horse to another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly ball poo. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But. All of this. 95% of what we've done so far clearly never happened. But <laughs> I'm loving every moment of it. <laughs> yes. Right. Real so, history. Theophilus probably regretted that day for a very long time because Michael III, so amazed by this, announced that Basil was going to be his groom from now on. So uh, Theophilus loses Basil. Basil started going out with the Emperor on hunts. And it was not long before the two of them were firm friends. And this is where you really get the sense that the the 811 birth date just seems wrong to me. Yeah. This does not seem like a guy in his late 40s. (laughs) Oh, my back! (laughs) Jumping off those horses every day. (laughs) This definitely seems like a guy who was a few years older than Michael. And Michael just was really impressed with him. Yeah, it's like when when you're 16, you're impressed by a 20-year-old. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, they were going off on their hunts um, together. There was one tale of how the two were hunting when a huge wolf suddenly jumped out and ran straight at the Emperor's horse. It was going to attack. I don't think a wolf would do that. Yeah, no, this is clearly nonsense. Um, Basil apparently grabbed a flail. That's like a spiky ball on the end of a chain. Swung it round and split the wolf's head in twain. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the Empress said. Everyone's just standing around. Wow. Awesome. (laughs) Now, it got to the point that Basil was being invited to dinners held by the Emperor. Now, according to another story, when Theodora... Remember, she's actually running the country at this time. So Theodora first met Basil. She looked him up and down and then fainted. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It reminds me of... um like he's the 1920s, or maybe it might, it might be an earlier, it might be Victorian, but it basically he was, he was the first uh, bodybuilder essentially, and he like did it scientifically in terms of he he changed his diet and did things, and he was like the most muscly person the world had ever seen at that point. Yeah, and um, there were women that would just go and touch his muscles because oh, they yeah. could and end up fainting. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, apparently Theodora didn't faint because she was so impressed with his mighty, mighty bulk. He strangled her. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Apparently, um, she had a premonition. And when she awoke, she said to her son, Oh, child, this fellow you call Basil will bring about the disappearance of our dynasty. So, yeah, again, yeah. nonsense. No. A but snake emerged from the grass. <laughs> but if anything, this just cemented the relationship between Michael and Basil. If your mum's telling you, don't hang around with that groom. Of course you're going to hang around with him. Of course you are. Yeah. He's so cool. Meanwhile, Bardus was attempting to get his own man in the position of Chamberlain. Remember last time I talked about Chamberlain being yeah. uh, the the job where someone would literally lay in the chamber with the emperor. Yeah. Uh, obviously highly influential because you hang around with the Emperor so much. Uh, and Bardos, trying to make sure that he was able to control his nephew as much as possible, wanted his own man in the job. Now, the current Chamberlain was a man named Damien, and through palace intrigue, Bardos managed to get Damien fired. And then he introduced Michael to various men who he thought would be suitable to the post. Hmm. But to Bardos's horror, Michael announced that his new bestest, bestest friend, Basil would be the new Chamberlain from now on. Me and my BFF. Yeah. What, Damien's gone? Oh, he was boring anyway. I, well, what's that? I need to choose someone to be my sleepover buddy. I've had the muscular cool guy just <laughs> <laughs> We can set up drinking and... and Talking and talk. about girls. Yeah. 
Yeah. Talk about our thoughts, stuff open yeah. up, feelings. Bit of role play. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bardos was horrified, and I'll quote him here. I chased out the fox and let in the lion, who will now gobble up the lot of us in one bite. Because all of the premonitions. Oh, yeah. Uh, you do get the sense that all the royal family were horrified that this uh, this muscular peasant boy was suddenly amongst them, and yeah. Michael just loved him. Do you think it was due to... Because at this point, I imagine they're drinking quite heavily as well. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a great time, going to the <clears> games, <throat> doing whatever else it is that... Young uh, boys do. Yeah, yeah. Which leads us to um, the next thing, which uh, Michael soon told his new advisor of problems he was having. Obviously, that's job of a chamberlain. It's inflamed. <laughs> not quite. Maybe, though. It's um, red. He, he was married. He'd got married not long ago um, to a woman oh, yeah. named Eudocia, but he didn't like Eudocia. Yeah. Instead, he loved Eudocia. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Eudocia Injurina, the, um, the daughter of a Viking. It was getting harder and harder to see his mistress without people noticing. What what can I do, Basil? really want to see Eudocia, but I can't. Now, we don't know who came up with the plan, but soon afterwards, Basil divorced Maria. So, goodbye, Maria. Oh, I remember what happens now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he marries the, the sexy Viking girl. Oh, yes. He marries yes. Eudocia Injurina, who could now enter the private rooms of the Emperor with much more ease, because Basil was there, and she was just off to see her husband. Shortly afterwards, Eudocia was pregnant and gave birth to a son... Leo. Pop a box around, Leo. Oh. Huh? <laughs> Have you spotted the problem? Yeah. What? She you said Basil was the first... Is, is the first Macedonian dynasty. Yeah. Longest reigning one. Yeah. Leo. Yeah, and Eudocia has just married Basil. And she's had a child. Oh. This is going to cause problems. Yeah, so... We have no idea who's father Leo was. Yeah. Um, but the people at the time had ideas, and we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just know Leo's now on the scene. Now, obviously, uh, publicly, Leo was very much Basil's son, uh, but there's uh, there's going to be some tensions. Hmm. Now, it's hard to say when Basil decided that he could become emperor yeah. if he wanted to be. Uh, perhaps up to now... He's just been extremely lucky. He's been in the right place at the right time. And he's just kind of like rocketed through the echelons of society. Yeah. Um, but just randomly, nothing was planned. If that's true, it's at this point we start to see him plotting. Because Bardos, as we've seen, is currently running the Empire. He's organising the wars. He's rebuilding the city after the Rus attack. He's building the university. He got Photius onto the Patriarch seat... And he has also gotten the empire through the Pope inspection. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So all of that's happening during okay. this time. Oh, wow. Basil and Michael are just I'll having fun. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But Basil had enough about him to realise that Bardas hated him. It was quite obvious. Bardas would walk up to him and say things like, I hate you. I hate uh, you, want you to die. Yeah. And Basil was convinced that, that it was only a matter of time before the Emperor's uncle did something. So, when Bardas convinced Michael to name him Caesar, Basil decided to act. Being as close as he was to the Emperor, it was not hard to convince him that his uncle was planning to usurp him. After all, he had just arranged to be Caesar. Mm. And this upcoming war that he's just created, uh, to get Crete back, would that not be a perfect time for your uncle to arrange for you to have an accident, Michael? Fall off the balcony. Exactly, it's dangerous. Drink that poison. 
Yeah, wouldn't going to war be a really good time for someone just to to die, Michael? Maybe <laughs> someone should die, Michael. Michael. Die. Michael, your uncle. That's it, he's got it. There we go. <laughs> so, as we've seen, Basil arranges for Bardos to be killed on the morning of the invasion of Crete. Now, we don't actually know for certain Time. it was Basil and not Michael. Maybe it was the two of them together. Yeah. But you get the feeling but Basil's behind this. Uh, of course he is. Yeah, so um, Michael watched his uncle be cut down in front of him. Nice. Uh, if you remember, Bardos noticed Basil make the signal. To, oh, yes. To seize him. Yeah, yeah. Bardos tried to draw his sword, so in order to slow Bardos down, Basil took a step forward and just punched him. Yeah. And by that point, the guards could get hold of him and stab him to death. Yeah. Fun. Fun times. Yeah. Anyway, they take the army back to the capital because they can't go invading anymore. I mean, after all, someone, someone tried to commit treason and we managed to stop it. So back to the capital they go. And soon afterwards, Michael announces that Basil saved his life. And therefore, he would now be the co-emperor. Oh, yeah. It's what Basil's thinking. And then something changes. The two seem to fall out. Maybe Basil, now that he's co-emperor, actually starts trying to rule the empire. Yeah. And Michael just wants to carry on drinking and having fun. And he'd put up with his uncle, telling him to do things occasionally. But Basil, I mean, Basil's his peasant friend. Mm. He's not going to listen to Basil. He's meant to just be his drinking buddy. Uh, yeah, I made him co-emperor, but that's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Ah, so Basil's taking this very seriously. Basil's taking it very seriously, yes. That's good as well, because he'll build support doing that. Oh, well, we would definitely see. If you remember, Michael announced publicly that he'd made a mistake and wanted his ore man to be emperor instead. <laughs> then, soon afterwards, attempts to kill Basil during a hunt. He gets one of his guards to throw a spear... And, oh no, accident, Basil's been struck. But the spear flew straight past Basil, and Basil was unharmed. I like to think that he threw the spear, Basil just stretched out an arm and just grabbed it midair. Yeah. And handed it back. You seem to have misfired this. Or the spear. Try again. Spear hits him and Ooh. just embeds into one of his pecs. Oh, it doesn't even embed, it just like crumples up. <laughs> yeah. Falls down to the ground. I'd like to think it sticks, sticks in a little bit, so then Basil can just pull it out. <laughs> And just pass it back. You seem to have misplaced your spear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope I don't misplace mine. <laughs> He's got a Terminator voice now. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's his Macedonian slash Thracian yeah. slash Armenian slash Bulgarian accent he's got. Yeah, slash Austrian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's from everywhere. Why not from Austria? Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> There's a rabbit over there. Wait here. I'll be back. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So after the uh, botched assassination attempt on his life, Basil decides he's got to do something here. Kill or be killed. Exactly. He sends a man to go and bend the bar that bolted the Emperor's door one night. Then he had dinner with the Emperor and his wife, slash Michael's mistress. This food is wonderful. Michael, as per usual, got blind drunk mm. and staggered off to bed. Basil, I'd like to think, played a game of solitaire or something, just to pass the time for a couple yeah. of hours. Maybe just polished his pecs. <laughs> Got some, like, polyfiller and just, like, filled up that hole that the, uh, <laughs> the spear had, yeah. had made. Yeah. And then after a few hours had passed, he gathered a few armed men and headed up to his friend's chamber. Let's do this. Sure enough, 
the door was not bolted. They walked in, they cut down the Chamberlain, one of the men grabbed the Emperor, another cut his hands off, and then... As that would really sober you up. Oh, it really would. And then as Michael stared up at his good friend, he was ran through with several swords. Splendid. Basil was proclaimed Emperor by the faction that followed him in court. The Senate soon followed... There was not really any alternative. and He, he got his followers, certainly, and mm. the Senate weren't in a strong enough position to object. So there you go. Basil had gone from farm boy sleeping on the floor near the gate of the city to emperor in about 15 years. Wow. That's impressive. That's quite impressive. Yeah. And now we get into the more of the solid history part, and you'll see the, the details start to slip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there were many economic reforms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, actually. Um, <laughs> because Basil had ideas. Mm. Which might be surprising, because the story so far, you'd expect him to be a bit like another Michael, just slightly muscular. But even like in the last episode, you sort of implied that he, he took his role very seriously, so probably studied and... Well, not really, because he can't oh. read. Oh, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Uh, but what he had done is listen a lot. Hmm. And he knew the history of his empire well. He couldn't read, he couldn't write, but he knew what the Roman Empire was all about. Yeah. And he had ideas about which direction it should head in. Right. The first thing he did was think about the church. Uh, the Western church has completely fallen out with the Eastern church. The, the Pope and the Patriarch despise each other. This isn't great. Let, let's put that back together, he thinks. Yeah. So, how many natures just... No! <laughs> no, no, he, he cuts to the nub of the problem. Okay. If the Pope hates the Patriarch, what should you do? Get rid of the Patriarch. That's what he does. Okay. Photius is fired. Yeah. Now, there's an indication that Photius and uh, Basil actually were quite close. They drank together. And you get the feeling this firing wasn't too bad. It wasn't a really awful one. No. As we've seen before, if the Patriarch doesn't want to go, it's really hard to get rid of him. So Photius must have kind of agreed to this. And for reasons you'll see later, they, they don't fall out. I'm, I'm guessing something was put in place, like, in the future. Yeah. It'll be beneficial for in you. In the future, and here is this massive pile of gold, or something like that. Something must have happened. But Photius steps aside. Hmm. Who to put in his place? The tortured guy. Oh, yes. Oh! <laughs> Ignatius is back. Yay! <laughs> He's, he's a bit more dithery than he used to be. He jumps at loud noises a lot. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. sleep much. Screams whenever he sees the, <laughs> the Empress for some reason. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's the bursar, basically. Yeah. But he's back in charge. Uh, the, the Pope doesn't hate him, so there you go. Yeah. Reconciliation between the churches. That's nice. Not only that, but it's a, a strong sign that he's not Michael and he's not Bardos. Mm. He's his own man. So things are going to change around here. So there you go, Ignat Ignatius is back as the Patriarch. And yeah, this upsets the Photius supporters, but he thinks, yeah, th th he can deal with that. It's fine. Hmm. The new Pope sends delegates to Constantinople to help sort things out. Yeah, okay, we'll talk again now. Fair enough, you got rid of Photius. Great. Wonderful. Shortly after this, word comes from Louis II, the Emperor of the West. Ooh. He was proposing an alliance between the West and the East to deal with the fact that there were now vessel states of the Caliphate getting a foothold in Dalmatia and Italy itself. So basically, Europe needs to combine... Yeah, I mean, you've got actual cities being ran by the Caliphate in Italy ah. and modern-day Croatia, that coast there. We need to sort this out. Let's band together. Isn't it nice when all the European countries work together? 
for yeah. a single goal. To try, try and destroy some people. Yeah, um, it's nice. Basil saw this as an opportunity. Yes, of course I can help you out, he replies, if my son, Constantine, can marry your daughter. To which Louis II says, I don't have a daughter. I have a son, but he's up for it. <laughs> no, he does have a daughter. Okay. And here we go. East and West marrying into each other. Oh. A potential reunification of the empire. Ooh. Yeah. So is Louis II from Italy or is he from France? He's a Frankish king who is now uh, the Western Roman emperor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, obviously this ensures Basil's dynasty would be tied to the emperors of the West. I mean, he's got no legitimacy whatsoever. So a marriage into a royal family, that sounds good to him. Mm. Um, Yeah, Louis agrees to this. So Basil sends forth the fleet to help out the West. And then... The earthquake hit. Oh. This is a big one. I mean, you get earthquakes in the region like every 50 years or so. Uh, There's been lots of earthquakes I've never mentioned, but this one was big. It apparently lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) I'm guessing that means like the after tremors. Um, No, that's that's just a link to some sort of biblical thing. Obviously it's that as well, yeah. Yeah, of course you get after travels, that's fine, but... The, uh. Yeah, it was a big one, though. We know for a fact that it was too much for the donkeys holding up the domes of no. the Hajj Sophia. They've been working there for like a hundred years. I know, they're so proud of themselves. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, there's been cracks. Yeah. And there's been bits falling off occasionally. They've held those walls up. They have. Those domes are in place. Yeah, no... Two of the half domes that surround the main dome collapse completely. The oh. main dome's still there, looking quite dodgy. <laughs> it's uh, one donkey <laughs> just oh, oh, come on. <laughs> like he's, he's two who's on the ground, the other two who's holding a bit of rope. <laughs> yeah. Really holding it. But yeah, the, the Hajj Sophia takes a big knock. Uh, many of the smaller churches are either raised to the ground or also in a bad state. Uh, The walls need repairing. Everything is a mess. Basil ordered that it all be rebuilt, along with various other public buildings. Someone comes to him and asks, uh, with which money, sire? From the treasury. Ah. A treasury. They all traipse off to the treasury. They open the doors. I think we've had this before, haven't we? They're big doors. Yeah. All the way to the ceiling. They open it up. And there's just a... It's a wine glass. It's obviously <laughs> had red wine in it because yeah. it's stained, just lying on its side. And and just a, a bronze coin and an IOU for Michael. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's fine. Because where did Michael spend most of his money? In the pubs and bars. And, and giving it to his friends. Ah. And who was Michael's best friend? Basil. Yeah, so actually, Basil's got most of the money. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine! But he can also say, don't worry, I will pay for it personally. Oh, yes. (laughs) A couple of coughs of personally, yeah. I recognise that money. It looks suspiciously familiar, Basil. (laughs) (laughs) It's got got the security uh, pen on it. (laughs) Yeah, look, put the UV light on. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Property of the Empire. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Embezzlement. (laughs) He sets up the public buildings. He also recalls um, all the gifts given to everyone else, uh, but not the full amount. If Michael gave you a gift, you had to return half of it. Okay. Half the amount, I'm guessing. Yeah, he gave me a horse. I mean... (laughs) So here you go. (laughs) Oh... It's all messy. You could have done front or back, but you have just done inside, haven't you? (laughs) 
I stuffed the outside. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> right, so there you go, they're rebuilding the city. Shortly after this, a group of Bulgars arrive. Boris is struggling still. Mm. His right, we're all Christian plan was still hitting some uh, some bumps. Yeah, people don't like it, sir. <laughs> they really don't. Now, if you remember, last time people were protesting about all these Eastern bishops in his land, yeah. he wrote to the Pope and then kicked out all of the Eastern bishops and welcomed in the Western Church. Turns out that the Western bishops were just as obnoxious as the Eastern bishops. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, so... All their rules. <laughs> and there's this new Pope in charge, it's Pope Hadrian now, yeah. and um, he was also determined not to give the Bulgars a patriarch, which is what Boris wanted. And also, Photius is gone now, and he was the guy who was saying I couldn't have a patriarch last time. So what I'm trying to say is... Can we talk? <laughs> Please? Well, Basil realised the delicacy of this situation. He didn't reply at once. Yeah. Instead, he summoned the representatives of the Patriarch of Alexandria, Jerusalem, and Antioch to him. Now, these were people living in the city, but they represented their, yeah. their sees. Yeah. So, um, obviously, a meeting was had with representatives from Rome, obviously, and Constantinople, and it was decided, like, independently, this was like a group decision, hmm. um... That the Bulgars, with no patriarch, obviously fell under the sea of someone, and that would be, oh, I don't know, um, oh yeah, Constantinople. Yeah. Brilliant. Weird. Yeah, the delegates from Rome were outraged, but couldn't really <laughs> do anything, uh, because the representatives from Antioch, Jerusalem, and yeah. Alexandria, who happened to live in the city of Constantinople, uh, all, all thought Constantinople was the right way to go. Yeah. So there you go, just like that, the Bulgars are back. Wonderful. They're now Eastern Christian. Wonderful. Yeah. Democracy. <laughs> this obviously ruined Basil's plans to reconcile with the Western Church. Yeah. But he figured, you know what, it's worth it, we've got the Bulgars. Uh, he felt a bit sorry for Photius. I mean, Photius lost his job over this, and it, that's now all for nothing. So... He's invited back to the capital to teach his children. Oh. Yeah, so see what I mean? It's, they clearly didn't fall out. No. Yeah, so he's now teaching uh, Constantine and possibly Leo. You will go to hell! <laughs> yeah. I meant maths. Well, <laughs> well, if you remember, Photius wasn't um, actually uh, clergy. He got no. raised through the ranks one day after another, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was actually working in the university. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so he's a good teacher. Anyway, that's all sorted. A new delegation now. This one from Louis, Emperor of the West. This delegation weren't happy. <laughs> they had scowls on their faces. Uh, the retaking of the uh, caliphate-held city in Italy, this is Bari, uh, it, 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 it hadn't gone well. No. It really hadn't. The admiral in charge of Basil's fleet had arrived only to find the Frankish forces drunk and preparing for winter. Dude, it's August. <laughs> yeah. The Admiral wasn't happy. It's like, we've come all this way to help you, and you're just not ready. So, outraged that the West would be so rude to the East, he wrote to Louis, addressing him as King of the Franks. Ooh. Yeah. An argument started that led to the fleet returning home to Constantinople after achieving nothing whatsoever. The envoys from the West soon arrived, and they made it clear to Basil that Louis was indeed Emperor of the Romans and would be treated as such. The wedding is off. <gasps> yeah. Our base sends annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Tensions between West and East yet again. However, Basil had other things to think about because fighting had started up in the East. The Paulicians. 
the Christian sect that had been causing trouble from Armenia for a while. Uh, we last saw them briefly in Theodora's episode. If you remember, she ordered a bit of a massacre and then spread them out amongst the Empire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a black mark against her name. Thousands had died. Well, anyway, a new leader had risen and was raiding into Roman land, going as far as Nicaea, so like really getting close to the capital. Yeah. Basil sent his brother, or his brother-in-law, or his son-in-law. <laughs> I saw this written met various places. No one can seem to decide what relation this is. Uh, but this was a man named Christopher. He was a relative. Christopher set off to push back the threat. A battle was fought, and the Roman forces were split in two. One theme made up each half of the army, and competitions were held over which side was fiercest. Rawr. Like They lined up and just pulled faces at each other. Yeah. Oh, we got war paints. Yes, but we have spiky things. Yeah. Ah, but we shout louder. Things like ah, that. Ah, but we fight naked. <laughs> that is weird. Why would you do that? Unless you're in a Spartan film. Yeah, of course. Um, the Romans surprised the Paulicians in, in an attack, probably because they weren't wearing any clothes. <laughs> so that's why they were surprised. Ooh! <laughs> they all covered their eyes, and then that's why they didn't see the arrows, <laughs> and then they all died. But yeah, the Paulicians were surprised, and their leader was killed in battle. His head was sent back to Basil. Just got a box with a head in it. That's nice. always nice. It's like in Deadwood. Yeah. It's the end of Seven. Oh, yes. Don't. What's in the box? Yes, his son. Constantine standing to his side, just going, what's in the box? Basil's just chuckling to himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's the head of my enemy. Yeah. I'm going to put it on the shelf. Yeah, with the others. Four minutes later, remove the box, it stinks. <laughs> and anyway, it's, um, it's not just the East, however, that Basil wanted to tame. Seeing that the Empire seemed to always be torn between Eastern and Western fronts, Basil decided that they needed a navy that was large enough to be able to fight on both fronts at the same time. So this is unusual for Romans, because they, they didn't they weren't a big fan of the Royal Navies, were they? They really were not. That's going to change. Ooh. Yeah. Basil decided, look, we're a Mediterranean empire. We're literally surrounded by sea. Yeah. Now, it, How come we can't even boat? It might have been fine when we owned everything around the sea, but now we don't. We really do need a navy, guys. I know I'm just a peasant, but I know my onions. It's one of his catchphrases. He used to say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone knows, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What does he mean? What's an onion? Didn't Maurice used to have them? Yeah, yeah, he did. So, he gathers all the money he can. This is, if he hadn't before, this is where he's definitely getting all the gifts back from people Michael yeah. had given things to. He raises the funds and he starts building his navy. Slowly but surely, it starts to come into fruition. Now, by this point, Basil had decided what he wanted to be as emperor. People kept talking about emperors in the past. People kept talking about how great the Hagia Sophia was. People kept talking about how great the uh, the law codes that Justinian created was. In fact, genuinely, people kept banging on about Justinian. So, Basil I'm going thought, to be like Hadrian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Basil thought, you know what? If Justinian restored the empire, wrote law codes, and built amazing buildings, then so will I. <laughs> so, to begin with, let's get the empire back. He used his expanded navy to push back those Cretan pirates that had been so much trouble recently. <laughs> yeah. In 874 and 875, the navy defeated the pirate fleets on two separate occasions, really weakening them. Mm. He was also then able to raid the Dalmatian coast that was currently being held by those caliphate vassal states. And the area was then brought into the empire as a new theme. Ooh. Yeah. Expansion, Jamie. I, I haven't seen this for 
a months. long time. <laughs> yeah. Then, in 875, Basil ordered that they invade Cyprus. Now, you might remember, I said ages ago, um, the island, it was agreed, was uh, a no-man land between yeah, yeah. the two empires. No one would own it. Um, and Basil's like, screw that. Yeah, we're, we're splitting the taxes between the two empires, is essentially yeah. how it's gone. And yeah, like you say, Basil just goes, no, not anymore. Cyprus is mine. He takes it. Okay, oh wow. Cyprus is now a new theme. The next year, news comes through from the people in Italy, uh, the city of Bari, the one that's still being held by the Caliphate. Yeah. Louis had died. Oh. Uh, so is there any chance that you guys could come and help us, they said. Hell yes. Says Basil. Again, <laughs> with the help of the fleet, Basil was able to send his admiral, and they took the city. His navy's being amazing. Oh yeah. It's a bit messy, this. It takes a bit of time. It's not really clean. But essentially, over the next few years, the whole of the south of Italy is back in the empire. Wow. Yeah. This is a run of good luck and tactical decision-making that really makes it feel like the empire's on the rise again. Until? Until things get a bit messy. But we'll get back to that, because meanwhile, Basil is thinking about the other things that he'd be remembered for. Yeah, his navy's getting some land back and everything's looking good, but what about the capital city? Namely, he wants to be remembered for something. A building. A big building. What's the best building in the city, nay the world? Hagia Sophia. The Hagia Sophia. I'll have another one of those, please, then. Thank you, he says to his architects. Huh? <laughs> Yes, there just, aren't enough donkeys, sir. Just, just, just here, this, this corner of the palace complex, that will do. I want a new cathedral, he said, or a near ecclesia, or just the near, as it's known as. The near. The new, the yeah. new cathedral. Just build me something as impressive as the Hagia Sophia, if you would. That would be great. Oh, make sure the domes stay up on their own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll quote here. Its roof consisting of five domes gleams with gold and is resplendent with beautiful images as with stars, while on the outside it is adorned with brass that resembled gold. The walls on either side are beautified with costly marbles of many hues and they don't bend. <laughs> while the sanctuary is enriched with gold and silver, precious stones and pearls... As for the pavement, it appears to be covered in silken stuffs of Sidonian workmanship, to such an extent that it has been adorned all over with marble slabs of different colours, enclosed by tessellated bands of varied aspect, all accurately joined together and abounding in elegance. Sounds a bit gaudy. Oh yeah, it would have been. <laughs> um, I mean, this cathedral stood for over 600 years. Wow. Uh, this is now a big cathedral in the city. It's right up in the palace complex. It can be seen from the sea and the rest of the city. Well, it's not there now. Because in 1490, when the Ottomans took over the city, they needed a place to store their gunpowder. Oh. And the Ottomans obviously had someone called Jeff with them. <laughs> and Jeff suggested, I know, how about the really tall building up on the, the hill there? Well, it's a bit like a rocket, yeah. The one with, like, the metal-y bits on the top. Yeah, yeah, that, that one. Well, it's we... like a storm coming over there. Yeah, I mean, it's a cathedral. We don't need one of those. So, yeah, let's put the gunpowder in there. So, yeah, apparently they used it as a storage building for the gunpowder. And then a storm came over. Excellent. <laughs> I can only imagine the spectacle that was when lightning struck. Oh. 
yeah, apparently it was just utterly destroyed. Just that would be phenomenal. Yeah. At least it's better than Jeff having a cigarette. <laughs> Actually, maybe the lightning thing <laughs> is just an excuse. <laughs> yeah, he was on guard duty. <laughs> yeah, so it's not there anymore, so it means we're not really certain what it looked like beyond the previous description. Yeah. But essentially, it sounds like it was the Hagia Sophia too. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. another very grand cathedral. Now, to build the Nia, Basil had gold and marble taken from all over the city, from all the churches... Just, just like taken. It's like no, I'm building my church now. Um, yeah, including the Hajj Sophia that got some bits taken off. Oh really? Off. Oh, wow. Yeah, a couple of the donkeys. Oh, I mean, come on, these best laid plans. You're always going to need a donkey or two in a cathedral. That's true. To keep up the domes. But I guess these were more classy donkeys, and they didn't have to work as hard. Yeah, yeah. It they, was got, a, they got nights off. It was an easy gig in the the donkey dome supporting yeah. community. If if you're working at the near for a sport night. Yeah. yeah. It's good work. Maybe their union demanded it as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. You've been working on the Hajj Sophia for a month. You've got to have at least two weeks. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why other history podcasts look down on us, Jeff. <laughs> well, let them, damn it. <laughs> anyway, the, the fact that Basil was just taking marble and gold and all sorts from all over the city and indeed the empire, um, well, this led to problems. Syracuse. On Sicily, mm. if you remember, the futuristic city. Yes. Uh, it was just holding out against the slow caliphate invasion that we've seen over the last few episodes. Yeah. Like I said, back when it started, it takes quite a while. Well, we're starting to see the end here. Basil had planned to go out and help the city out. Part of his expansion, let's go and get Sicily back. Uh, just as soon as the, the great fleet that I've built has uh, finished transporting all the marble for the near. Oh. So, so I've done that, they'll be on their way. Yeah. Honestly, you guys can hold on, can't you? <laughs> can't you? Yeah, I'll be fine. Oh, they've fallen. Not just yet. <laughs> uh, because then the patriarch, Ignatius, died. Um... Yeah, Someone was wearing uh, a comedy Viking helmet one day. Ignatius saw it and just had a heart attack. <laughs> he was very jumpy. Yeah, bless him. Basil had a decision to make. Who could be his patriarch? Photius. Fo- Photius! Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll edit out the bit where you weren't sure. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the reason why he got rid of Photius was to reconcile with the Western Church. Well, that went wrong when oh, he yeah. took the Bulgars back. So he approaches Photius. Do you want to be patriarch again? Yeah, why not? Right. So says Photius. I'm good at that job. Yeah. So all that's being set up. Uh, and by this time, the fleet was ready. Time to save Syracuse. Oh, sorry, Roger. What's that? <laughs> oh, the, the Arab forces have taken the city. Damn. Damn and blast. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Because he could have saved the city yeah. if he just, like... Oh, I needed that marble. He needed his church to be built. Yeah. Yeah, it really was an oversight. He just spent all his time and effort on the church instead of saving one of his cities. Oops. But Basil was determined to keep up this winning streak. It was a blip. It's a blip. Yeah, they, they happen in life, don't they? Yeah, exactly. It's a thing. It's time to strike at the caliphate itself. Not just its vassal states that are on various islands and in Italy. Heart of the beast. Oh, yes. To begin with, Basil headed out personally, apparently. He's actually leading an army himself. Uh, with his son, Constantine, at the head of an army, and raided the caliphate held land on the right of Anatolia. This is Melitene which is where we saw Michael and Bardos fighting last time. Yeah. Yeah, sort of uh, on the Euphrates, but 
within the Anatolia yeah. area. The Caliphate retaliated to this raid with an attack from Tarsus. This was utterly wiped out. Basil scores this huge victory. Nice. So much so, he's able to send his troops into Mesopotamia itself and start raiding. That's quite a big step. Oh, yeah. He's also able to take the city of Tarsus. Hmm. That's not been in the Empire for quite some time. I recognise the name. But... Yeah, that's um, sort of where you're just going into Syria, at the bottom of Turkey. You're going around the corner of yeah. the Mediterranean. It's just there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the Sicilian Gates. So Basil spends a couple of years over here, um, just racking up victories, basically. Doing really well. Uh, his He and his son then return to the capital, and they hold a triumph. I think they've earned it. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. But the celebrations were short-lived. Yeah. Because Constantine suddenly dies. Oh. Just got ill and died, as happens. Basil's first and favourite son, and more importantly heir, was no more. It's fine. He's got three other sons. Who's next in line? Leo. Yeah. Leo. Son. <laughs> you can't, can't see the fingers, but son. Wink, wink. Yeah. Basil could not stand Leo. Was it due to the um, nagging doubt? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> that Leo looks suspiciously like uh, someone he'd murdered in cold blood. <laughs> Yeah, same eyes, same yeah. nose, same... same same accusing stare, <laughs> yes. same pleading voice. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Was his wife still Eudocia? Oh yeah. Well, that's awkward. Yeah, and they have children after this. Oh. Yeah. Or oh, actually, no, they would have been born by now. But yeah, after Michael's death, Eudocia is fully Basil's wife. Yeah. Yeah, and they're having children. All a bit awkward. Yeah. Because Leo looks very different from the other 12. Yes. Very odd. Now, as you can imagine, Basil did not take the death of his son well. No. Uh, he turned to religion. Oh. Because he feared that God was punishing him for the murder of Michael. Fair. Yeah, we're get, getting shades of Macbeth going on here. <laughs> yeah. I keep washing my hands, but <laughs> all I see is blood. Well, Photius was on hand to declare that the dead Constantine was indeed a saint, sire. Don't worry, your son is a saint. Didn't really help, though. No. That wasn't enough. Still dead, though. It's not yeah. helpful. Basil fell into a depression. Photius was worried that they were about to have another Justin II moment on their hands. Basil's mental health was really looking shaky. Starts becoming animals. <laughs> yeah. So, Photius calls in the big guns. He gets his friend, a bishop called Theodore, and together they set up a seance. A seance? <laughs> yes. Oh, to speak to his dead son. Yes. Wow. Now, apparently, Constantine's ghost appears, holding a spear and wearing gold armour. Basil rushes forward to embrace his son, but the vision just evaporates. Basil declares that a church should be built on this very spot. Now, we don't really know what to make of this story. Uh, it would appear not to be completely made up, because the no. church was built... Mm. Maybe the story behind it has been slightly elaborated. Like yeah. Exaggerated. So. Either Photius and Theodore played an elaborate trick <laughs> using winches and a sheet and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so just hold the, hold the spear, Jeff, and just say something that Constantine would say. No, not that. In fact, just don't speak. No, don't make woo noises. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that or... Yeah. Basil was genuinely starting to go a bit mad. Or the story's just been completely made up. Probably made up. But I'm going for Jeff on a winch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, putting this grief to one side, Basil crowned his son Alexander co-emperor. Alexander? Yeah, one, one he's fairly sure is his. How old um, is Leo at this point, roughly? Um, he's young, right. um, but he's Teens. not He's not a child. Yeah, he's, uh, he's about to hit 16. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's when the, was it, the midden hits the windmill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, because there's just no getting around the fact that everyone saw Leo as the obvious heir. I mean, he's the oldest, and yeah, I mean, surely it's Leo. And Leo was popular. Mm. He reminded people of Michael. That's... Had a great exuberant personality. Yeah, exactly. Loved, loved, loved the odd drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then things got... Worse, when the Caliphate counterattacked, many of the recent gains in the East were lost, which is a shame. But if Basil was interested in going out and retaking his gains, uh, it's not really shown in the histories, because the recorded history from this point focuses on the internal politics of the last few years of Basil's reign. Because Leo has just turned 16, and he was popular. His mother, Eudocia, apparently arranged a bridal show for him. It's time for him to get married. But Basil, always <laughs> looking for ways to annoy his so-called yeah. son, insisted that Leo marry a young woman named Theophano. However, just like his real father, Michael, Leo had already got a mistress and really didn't want to lose her. So we're just seeing the repeat of the story of Michael here. It's, weird. it's like history repeats itself. It's weird. Yeah. This was a woman named Zoe. Basil had his way, however. He is the emperor. And the marriage went ahead. Leo not happy, but he's forced into the marriage. And then Eudocia dies. Aww. We're not really sure what the relationship was between Basil and his wife. It's just not made clear. A complex one is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe Leo mourned. Maybe he didn't care. We just don't know. But if Basil did know one thing, it was if Eudocia was out of the way, then nothing stopped him from getting Leo out of the way. And he had heard that Leo was still carrying on with his mistress Zoe. So he summoned Leo to him. Explain yourself, boy. Leo either wasn't able to explain himself or did explain himself in terms that Basil didn't like. Hmm. Such as, yeah, I'm still sleeping with my mistress. What are you going to do about it? Before doing a... a, a the power fist. Yeah. Basil flew into a rage. <sighs> yeah. And publicly flogged Leo with oh. his own hand. Oh. Didn't order it. No, publicly flogged Leo until Leo bled. Ooh. Nasty. Yes. He also banished Zoe from the city. Oh. There'd be no more gallivanting with her for you. Now, after this, Photios, and in particular Theodore, the guy who arranged the seance, they did not want Leo to inherit the throne after Basil. We're not fully sure why, but obviously politics were involved. Yeah. Maybe they thought they would be able to control one of the other boys a bit better. Yeah, more yeah. of a puppety kind. Yeah, so they want to discredit Leo. So they start working on Basil, especially Theodore. Theodore goes to Basil's so-called son, Leo, and says this. Oh, Emperor, since you are a young man and well-loved by your father, why do you not carry a sword or a dagger when you ride out into the countryside with him? So you can hand it to him if he needs it to deal with a beast, or if there's a secret plot against him, as there often is, you will not be unarmed but will have it to hand when you need to strike back at your father's enemies. Is that a very subtle hint? It's a, here, Leo, have this knife. Leo, not suspecting the plot, accepted the knife offered to him. But then Theodore went to the Emperor. Oh, Emperor, you ought to know that your son is plotting against your <gasps> life. If you do not believe me, then the next time you're out hunting, 
order his footwear to be brought to you. It will be found that he is bearing a knife, and that my information is perfectly correct. He's very hunted, though. You probably have a knife when you're hunting. Yeah, but a concealed one. Ah, yeah. yeah. So the plot was in place. They went hunting, and I'll continue the quote here. Leo, the emperor's son, went too, and when they came to a certain spot, the emperor pretended to need a dagger and made a great issue about finding one. Completely ignorant of his father's suspicions, the son innocently drew out the dagger he was carrying and handed it over to the father. At this occurrence, the allegations of Theodore were instantly believed, while Leo's explanations were treated as vain and empty words. That's a bit of a weak thing, though. It's like saying, yeah, I've got a knife. He's not, he's, he's not trying to stab me. It's not, it's not still hidden. It's kind of, yeah, here's a knife I'm now giving to you. Yeah, it's weak. It's very weak. Very weak. But it's the excuse the Emperor needs. Yeah, because Basil's just looking for any reason. And now he's got it. Because Leo was then thrown into a lockable part of the palace under house arrest. Basil was then advised by Theodore to remove Leo's eyes. <laughs> but apparently Photius disagreed with this. Uh, perhaps thinking that we're going too far now. He wouldn't be able to see, sir. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> well, he persuaded Basil to be a bit more lenient. <laughs> Leo was imprisoned for either three months or three years. The uh, sources are a bit confused. Probably guess what Leo would prefer. Yeah, but I'm going to say years, years yeah. because it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Good time to get angry. Yeah, yeah. Befriend a crow. Oh, yeah. It's called the Birdman of, of Constantinople. Yes, exactly. Crow forever just sits on his shoulder from now on. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound a crow makes. It's good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, now, it's now 886, and suddenly Basil releases Leo. Walks out, he's got a scruffy beard like young people do. <laughs> And, and poo damage back. Yeah, and his crow, also with a scruffy beard. So the crow's been in there for a while <laughs> well, as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, we don't know why Leo was released. We have the likely reason, and then the reason that Stylitzes gives us. <laughs> right. The likely reason is that Basil gave in to peer pressure, or at least subject pressure, rather yeah. than peer pressure. Uh, Leo was popular, and it was doing Basil no good keeping his son locked up. Remember, he couldn't advertise the fact that it's not really his son. Yeah. So he just looked like a heartless father. There is one recount of a plot taking place, um, led by 66 senators. 66? Yeah, taking place at this time yeah. to try and depose the whole family. Uh, and perhaps Basil thought it was best show a united front. So let's release Leo. However, we've also got Stylitz's accounts, and we're, we're going, we might go for this one. Yeah. Again, a bit of quoting here. Much time went by, during which the Senate often attempted to intercede on Leo's behalf, but for one reason or another was always prevented from doing so. Then a good way was found to accomplish what was intended. There was a bird in a cage hanging in the palace. Probably friends with that crow. <laughs> to the delight the eyes and the ears of those who saw or heard it, the animal was a parrot, a mimic, a chatterbox. <laughs> Either because someone had taught it to, or because it had picked it up spontaneously, the bird would often cry out, Poor Leo! Poor Leo! So you got this parrot just lamenting the fate of Leo <laughs> in the corner of the room. Poor Leo! I also like this uh, sprinkling of realism that's still going on here. Uh, maybe someone taught it to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it just picked it up. Anyway. Although the, the parrot's owner, Poor Leo... <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he walks in. Oh, you found my parrot. Oh, are you? 
Palio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> well, apparently, one evening when Basil was holding a banquet, the parrot started saying, Poor Leo, poor Leo. Poor Leo, poor Leo. I'll go back to the quote. Poor Leo. <laughs> The guests were saddened, and the feasting came to a halt as the guests sat there, occupied with their thoughts. Poor Leo. <laughs> Love that. So like everyone just goes quiet and <laughs> and just starts looking into their drinks, looking really <laughs> <Yeah>. sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when the emperor noticed this, he inquired why they were refraining from eating. Come on, guys, we're having a banquet. Yeah. With tears in their eyes, they said, Sovereign Lord... How can we, who are so put to shame by the voice of this bird, touch food? We who are supposed to be rational creatures and devoted to our sovereigns. This animal, devoid of reason, calls upon its sovereign, whilst we, besotted with delights, are completely unmindful of our sovereign, who transgressed no laws. If he had been found guilty of some crime, and it was proven that he had raised his hand against his father, we would raise our own hands against him in an insatiable lust for his blood. But if they cannot prove him guilty of the crime for which they accuse him, how long is the tongue of the false accuser going to have his way with him? Ooh. It's very much what you said. It's like, really? On what grounds? Yeah. Yeah. You can see perhaps elements of truth here. Yes. Uh, maybe we can discount the bird story. But since we've literally just invented a different bird story about Leo, I think it all fits and now makes perfect sense. Exactly. Yeah. History, guys. The birds are all on Leo's side. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, apparently the words moved Basil enough, and soon his sort of son was released. Mm. It was not long after this that Basil went hunting. Now, according to the story passed down to us, Basil and a group of senators and huntsmen came across a herd of deer. The herd, when seeing the uh, the group of hunters, scattered. So did the hunters. Yeah. Just chasing here, there, and everywhere. Uh, everyone ends up in all different directions. Basil, like, shouts shotgun for the largest deer. Mine! Bags eight! Um, Was the deer in a costume? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right. Um, yeah, he goes after the largest stag, and he soon realises that he was all alone. He'd gone off in a different direction to everyone else. So he's separated from the rest of his party, and he realises this about the same time as the stag does. The oh. stag, deciding it's, it's fight or flight, but he's tried to fly, and it didn't work, and he's a stag. Uh, <laughs> so instead, he best try and defend himself. He lowered <laughs> his head and charges directly at Basil. My head is like the stag stands on two back legs, takes off his antlers, and uses them as like nunchucks. That can't happen no. for the following reason. Oh. So, stag charging at Basil. Yeah. Basil pulls out his spear, pulls it back, and with an almighty throw, hurls it towards the charging stag. It flies directly into the stag's antlers, but then deflects off. Oh. Yeah. oh. Basil then realises, ah, I'd best get out of here, I'm now defenceless, so rears his horse round to flee, but there was not enough time. The antlers of the stag lifted him out of his horse, and then he was carried away due to the fact that one of the antlers had caught underneath his belt. A bit like a comedy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because we've not finished. Oh. <laughs> 
After a while, the hunting party realised that their emperor was missing. <laughs> There's his horse grazing gently at the side. Yeah, they spot his horse. <laughs> and they go, oh dear, where's, where's the emperor? Has anyone seen... I saw him go after the stag. Oh dear. Ah, bugger. So, to the emperor, someone cries. And they all charge off. And then they all charge back the other way because they went <laughs> the wrong way the first time because this is definitely a comedy. <laughs> After a while, they manage to pick up the, the trail of the stag and they soon find it, exhausted, pouring at the ground and trying to shake Basil off. That's brilliant. Yeah. Basil's all over the place. <laughs> he, he can't undo his bow. He, he's trying to get free. Um, both of them very uncomfortable. Both wish that this hadn't happened. <laughs> both regretting their decisions. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the stag soon realised that the hunters were approaching, however, and rushed off again. A merry afternoon was spent attempting to circle the stag, but each time they got too close, it just ran away again. <laughs> Basil screaming as it went. <laughs> this is brilliant. Eventually, I mean, we're talking eventually, we're talking a few hours later. <laughs> eventually, because the, the stag was so tired, one of the guards managed to draw level with the terrified beast, pulled out his sword, managed to tuck it underneath Basil's belt, and cut the lever free. <laughs> An unconscious Basil fell to the ground. <laughs> This is brilliant. Soon, however, he came round. The first thing he did was order the death of the guard. What? I'll quote here. For it was to kill me, not to save me, that he stretched out his sword. Oh, paranoia. Yeah, he, he's convinced that this is Leo trying to assassinate him. Sir, the stag tried to assassinate you. <laughs> <laughs> then, bizarrely, he ordered the distance be measured that he'd just been dragged. <laughs> 47 miles, sir. <laughs> Not quite. 16, apparently. <laughs> 16 miles? Yeah. That's like from Coventry to Birmingham. Yeah, 16 miles uh, and several hours have just been dragged around <laughs> by a stag. <laughs> it took him nine days to die. Stag. Basil. Oh, Basil. Yeah, he was completely ripped apart by the time oh. that it ended. Yeah, nine days of agony and then he dies. Right, that's the new winner for death. It, it's it's damn good. I remember when uh, I tweeted or put on Facebook something about um, Leo V having the best death ever. Someone replied, you've not got to Basil yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good. I don't know. Leo's is still fantastic. But this one is up there with Leo's. I'm not sure which one I prefer. This has a comedy element. Yeah. Leo's was just cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it is great. But we're not quite finished. Because... Um, just before we end, focus on the corpse of Basil there. He's in bed. They've tried to make him look presentable. Mm. <gasps> the stag walks in, takes off the head, and Leo's inside. We'll discuss that next week. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously not, but there are stories, but that's in next week's episode. <laughs> wow. Uh, but no, no, just zoom out. Zoom out. Keep zooming out. Like, out the window, above the city. You can see the new cathedral's being built. Yeah, it's, nice. So it's looking nice. After the earthquake, everything's been repaired. Constantinople, huge, sprawling city of millions. Keep zooming out. Keep going. Like, by the clouds. Now go west. Keep going west. Where are you? Britain. Oh, yes. Oh. 
<laughs> bizarrely. Yeah. <laughs> Odd that you, you guessed I, that. I don't know how, how far you want me to stop. Like, I'm, I'm a Brit now. I can't really go to America. Yeah, no, really no. Thing. You're now over the top of the old province of Britannia. Okay. Zoom in. Where to? Just keep zooming in. All right. Keep zooming in. Where to? Um, sort of the south bit. South bit, right. South bit. Small little sort of... I mean, they call it a city, but we've just come from Constantinople. It's a collection mm. of buildings. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually you get to a man with a beard. I He's like him. in front of another group of men, and they're putting a crown on his head. And they all cry, All hail, King Alfred the Great. Oh! Because the year is 866, oh. and we have just caught up with the start of the Rex Factor... Oh. Yeah. So if you now go and listen to all of Rex Factor, you can go from Augustus to modern day. Wow. If you combine the two podcasts. That's weird. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah, from now on, um, we can keep track of what English King is uh, in charge. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, that's how we're ending this episode. Well, not the episode, because obviously... We need to judge Basil. <laughs> He's going to do well. Fightius Maximus. Okay, odd one, this. Um, there is actually a lot of detail that I left out because it's so obviously made up. And yeah, That's unfortunately the problem. Yeah, and as much as I love the made-up stories about his background and his death and stuff, but we don't need to hear made-up stories about battles. No. So I think more broad brushstrokes here. Things that we know happened. He was a personal wrestler. wrestler. I mean, yeah. okay, maybe that didn't, but I, I think we can say that seems likely. He used to wrestle people. He was a That's big, cool. muscular guy. Yeah, so personal fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably not true, but the ball guy wrestling thing, he, he strangled him like a newborn mm-hmm. child, remember? And that's the bottom line, because yeah. Basil said so. Exactly, so there's that. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't join the army and rise through the ranks. No. He wasn't a military man. He joined the stable and rose through the ranks. Yeah, but he did lead armies personally at the end. Yeah, he did. Spent a good couple of years out there getting victories. I mean, I see that very often as well. No, we don't. Uh, and then he was able to raid into the caliphate. Uh, his family members managed to put down a usurpation from the Paulicians. Yep. Um, so they won that. He got Dalmatia back. He gets Southern Italy back. He gets Cyprus back. He beats the pirates. This new navy of his is pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an impressive list. It is. It's the best we've seen for a while. A very long while. Yeah. Uh, bad, however. Um, few details that are reliable. Mm-hmm. And he lost quite a few of his gains in the East at the end. So, yeah, he managed to do quite a lot, but then he lost quite a bit. Um, he lost Syracuse because he was too busy building his church. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that, that was a, that's embarrassing. And to be fair, he'd probably hold his hands up and go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I messed that up. And some of these gains aren't very strong. It's yeah. more in name rather than... Yeah, I mean... The, my flag's there, so... Yeah, he managed to yeah. uh, shock people with his impressive navy, but... Yeah. And they really have a good hold in these areas. So well, time will tell, I guess. Exactly. Uh, for now, he can put them on the map, and that's important. Mm. Good. I, I, I'm not right up at the top end. No, I, I'm thinking a healthy seven. I'm thinking a seven. Um, yeah, he's gaining land, and uh, he's a personal fighter. Mm. It's, it's good. It's yeah, good. It's good yeah. Fourteen. Well done. Caprovium crazium. Um, not really his round. Uh, but he certainly should get some points, because after all, he killed an emperor, quite yeah. possibly personally. <laughs> We're not entirely sure, but there's a good chance he'd stuck the sword in himself. There's a good chance that he was 
the one doing the killing play. Uh, he was certainly there, present, when they were killing Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah, you feeling want to be as well. So I think killing an emperor, you're getting points there, certainly. Yeah. Um, he punched the Caesar in the face and then had him killed in front of his yeah. nephew, the emperor. Uh, you're getting points for that. <laughs> and he flogged his own sort of son until he bled later on in life. So those three things, getting points for. Yeah. For good saying, once he was emperor, he really seemed to make some sensible decisions. So all the stories about the drinking and the going to the games and just messing about. Yeah. I get the feeling that's more Michael. And Basil oh, yeah, yeah. was more just, yeah, I'll go along with this because <laughs> this is brilliant. I'm hanging out with the Emperor. And, oh, actually, he's a bit stupid. Oh, my God, I could actually control this. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get the impression that he probably had a few nights where he had a bit too much to drink and yeah. really regretted it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? It's time to sort yeah. yourself out, Basil. Come on, don't throw this away now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he doesn't seem insane, but he, no. he, he knew... He had to be ruthless at times. I'd, I'd be happy with a five, maybe. It's maybe not going to go much. quite that maybe high. Four. I'm going to go for four. I'd be interested to see, but I bet four is the least given out number in this round. Because usually it's like, oh, about mid-level five, or yeah. no, only one or two, yeah. or the upper numbers. But no, I don't think he's quite halfway. I'm going for four. Oh, I'll match that. I agree. Okay, eight for a Probium Crosium. Success ultimate. Okay, this is definitely more his round. He restocked the treasury using his own money. But like I said, most of his money was what Michael had given him. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's legit. Uh, no, but he didn't try and hoard his own money. That's a good He point. did give it back to the state and use it. Yeah. Yeah, so there is that. And he had, I guess he had the political awareness to do that as well. Yes, exactly. He was in no way a legitimate emperor. No. But he manages to hold on to being the emperor with very little fuss, mm. which is just impressive. I mean, there just aren't many stories about people trying to usurp him. No. There are a couple, but not many. But anyway, I, 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 You said it earlier, it's like the fact he's so illegitimate, the fact he had almost no decent breeding, but he still did such an amazing job that... Shallow, obviously highlights how good he was. Because... Yeah, yeah. So that, that's a big thing there. This yeah. might be slightly smaller. He may have built a polo field. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly. Tiskaneon? Tiskaneon. Tiskaneon. It is uh, the Persian game that we have come across before. If you remember when we looked at Baghdad briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next to one of the palaces, they had <gasps> this game. Yeah. And it's essentially polo. That's what yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and this game soon will take the upper classes of Constantinople by a storm. I mean, yeah, the, there's the the chariot races, but that's more for the masses. We're, we're going yeah. to play polo. Yeah. yeah. This field may already have been here. I mean, perhaps it was built by the Caliphile Theophilus. Remember, he yeah, loved yeah. the Caliphate. And if you remember Manuel was over there, uh, he would have seen it. And he would have gone back and he would have told Theophilus about it. So, we miss you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen the great game. It is magnifique. For Matt Emperor. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe it was already there, but Basil builds it up. He, like, makes it good. Yeah. Yeah. Adds barbed wire and fire. Yeah, exactly. Extreme polo. Uh, we talked about his expanding the empire yeah. uh, briefly in Phytius Max Maximus, um, but he did that. There's genuine expansion going on. Yeah, and at this point, it doesn't matter if it collapses in the future, it's, it's expanded. Yeah. He builds the Nier. Yeah. If it still stood today, if some idiot hadn't have used it as a, uh, 
a gunpowder stockroom, <sighs> it would be held up like the whole Hagia Sophia so It sounds like it was just as grand. Mm. So, I, yeah, I, just because it didn't survive the test of time doesn't mean we should downplay it. No, absolutely not. That's as impressive as Justinian's building yeah. Hagia Sophia. So he's got that. Um, but also, he re rebuilt many other things uh, in the city. Many churches were rebuilt. He did all the repairs after the earthquake. Uh, the chalk or Choke, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I've mentioned this loads of times before, but I've never said the name because I never know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, this is the front entrance to the palace complex. Right. If you remember, it's got the icon of Jesus above it that kept being taken down and putting back yeah, up. and moustaches put on it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. That gets a whole new facelift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brand new Jesus icons slapped up there because nice. everyone loves icons again. Um, yeah. And generally, the churches are just filled with new art. Uh, you get the sense this is the start of a new cultural age where where art is being appreciated. It's like a, a renaissance. Yeah, very much so. And we're going to see this in the Macedonian dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's all starting to begin here. And he also commissioned a new law code, something I didn't mention at all. But if you remember, I was saying he was modelling himself on Justinian. Yeah. Well, Justinian did a law code, so damn it, he's going to do one as well. Basically, update the one that Justinian did and have all yeah. the new laws that have been put into place since added to it and make it simpler to read because language has changed over time. And yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got the university up and running again. Let's let's really sort out the laws. Yeah. This was a continuation of what Bardos was doing, uh, essentially, but Basil keeps pushing it, which is good. It's not quite completed in his lifetime, and it doesn't quite finish out how he first envisioned it. But considering this was an illiterate peasant farm boy... That's impressive. He's, he's going, no, we need the law codes in place. So that's yeah. all, all sorted. It's the idea of you need consistency. Because if you don't have consistency, you've got cogs in the machine that don't quite work. Yeah. So um, the Bulgars, they're now the same religion as them. I mean, okay, it's a completely different country, and I'm sure there will still be wars, but they're now Orthodox Eastern Christian. That's got to count for something. Yeah, you've, you're taking pressure off. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, that's the good. Uh, the bad... The split with the Western Church was not repaired, even yeah. though he tried it. But he kind of exchanged that for um, the Bulgars. Yeah. Well, that seems a fair trade. And I guess it's more of an urgency as well. Yeah. Whether they keep attacking us or, you know, the West is just going to keep forgiving us. Well, the Western Empire is not happy with them. That's the other no. bad thing. Yeah, East and West are just not happy at all with each other. Um, but, yeah, they're a bit of a way away. There's the Bulgars in between us. So, yeah. Be fine. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty damn good, isn't it? It's very damn good. Um, nine. Are you going nine? I can't decide whether eight or nine. I almost thought ten. But uh, he's he's not he's not made huge gains. His law code isn't ever finished. Maybe he died. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has got the polo field, which is good. <laughs> uh, he expands the empire for the first time in ages. Yeah. New cathedral, just as good as the Hagia Sophia. Yeah. That everyone talks about. Yeah. Oh, he's sorting good. out an he's earthquake, good, new renaissance, sorting out the laws. He wasn't legit, and look what he bloody well did. Treasury, he funded everything that he did. What did I give no Justinian? Money. I will give him one point less than Justinian, because Justinian did expand a lot more. Um, give him a nine. Yeah, I'm going to go for eight, then. Right. But that is a very good score. If you're keeping your nine, that gives him 17. He's doing well. He is doing well. All right, next. Image of Big beard, farmer hat. Well, it's supposed to be like those round hat things. So it's oh, a right. Yeah, uh, very happy. Yeah. Okay, this is him. Couldn't have been further off. 
He looks. <gasps> he looks like something from um, Planet of the Apes. Oh, he does. He looks like a monkey from Planet of the Apes. A chimpanzee. He really does, doesn't he? This is a painting we've got. It's near contemporary, uh, but not quite. Yeah. Um, it's him on wow. on a horse because he was good with horses. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got his hands stretched out. He's wearing the rectangular hat that they liked back then. Yeah. He's got a beard. But no moustache that I can see. No. I don't know whether that's come off or whether he's got a Lincoln beard. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I'd like to think he's got a Lincoln beard. Uh, it looks like he's got a huge earring in. And um, he's got a spindly red leg. I quite like it. I quite like it. Yeah. I like the fact he's on a horse. We've never had that before. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Well, what's in the rest of the picture? Who's he, um, who's he handing his hand out to? A uh, soldier. Yeah, yeah. General um, Someone in blue who's holding what looks like the other leg of... It, yeah. <laughs> of Basil. Yeah, he's holding something that looks suspiciously like Basil's leg, so maybe Basil's asking for his leg back. Um, I like it. I like him on a horse. I like so his chest. That is he likes, he looks like Planet of the Apes. I'm going eight. You're going eight? Yeah. I'm going to go with... I'm less impressed. I'm going to go with six. Okay. Sorry. So that's 3.5 for Imagofacious. But how long does he last? Well, he said earlier he died at like 74, 73, something. Yeah, can you also see the problem with the hunting scene? If yeah. he's in his mid-70s, it doesn't make sense that he was in his mid-70s and chasing after stags. So, yeah, mm. I definitely think he was younger. I just don't yeah. think the age no, of birth date's right. Um, yeah. No, it's been a while. 20 years, 30 years, 25 years, something like that. <laughs> From 867 to 886, 19 years. 19 years, yeah. So that gives him a score of 2.38 for this round. Oh, it's good. 44.88. Wow. That's good. That's a good, solid score, that is. A, yeah. Jamie's just spilled his drink all over him. I have. <laughs> and it wasn't, it gently, because I tried to grab my phone, put it back, knock my glass off. Oh, nasty. 44.88. That's a damn good score. <laughs> That's a good score. You look damp. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm soggy. You're soggy. Oh, um, well, should we decide whether he's got it or not? And then you can sort your trousers out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do they have a certain genesis? Let's make this nice and short because you're wet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. I absolutely I definitely think so. Think so. Uh, he's I definitely think, earned that. I definitely think he's earned it. Uh, it's just impressive all around. There's no mm. reason not to give him his start of a new dynasty, sort of. Uh, we'll discuss <laughs> that next week. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm come on, peasant boy to uh, emperor. It's always a good story. It's a classic it? story. It's good. Yeah. Well done, Basil. You have a Gene Caesar. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I've got some in the drawer. I found load. Oh, don't worry about it. Excellent. We'll press on. Good. <laughs> okay, right. Thank you very much for listening this week. Don't forget to download us on Podbean, iTunes and Stitcher. And yeah. you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram if you really want. Yeah, keep getting in contact with us. It's it's always good. And just before we go, um, a bit, bit of sad news for one yes, of our uh, listeners. Genuinely sad news, not us just messing yeah. about this time. Uh, we were contacted by um, Scott from the Roman and Byzantine History Group on Facebook. And uh, very sad news is that one of our long-time listeners has unfortunately passed away recently. This was Matthew Clark. Um, so we just want to offer our, obviously, condolences to, to family. And yeah. and all who knew him. And, um, and we're very sorry to hear that news. Okay, so until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.
dream world. Such a hard life praying, writing, scribing. Desert. Sand. Abbot. <gasps> God? No, not not quite. St. Diomedes. Diomedes? Who? Di Di Diomedes. Diomedes. I've heard of Diocletian, but I don't know. Yes, yes, the guy who killed me. I was oh. martyred. Oh. Good God, man, you call yourself an owl. Oh, seriously, I get enough of this up there. Right, I've got a message for you. Yes, I prostrate myself before you. Please send me the word of God. I will do what I can. Go forth, my child. You are looking for a herb. A herb that will grow to the sun. Um... I'm not in charge of gardening. I'm in charge of scribing. Um, if you want gardening, that's that's Brother Matthew. No, he works no. on a Tuesday. We're not. No, this is this is a prophecy. You're meant to pick up on the clues. Herb. Yes, no, it's a metaphor. You're not looking for a herb. We've got a Herbert. No, oh, he works in the kitchen. Oh, <gasps> is he going to finally get that growth spurt he's been looking for? What? No, what? Oh, he's very short. Don't, no, not Herbert. Right? No, you're looking. You're, <clears throat> my son. You are looking for a boy who is destined to be emperor. Right. Right, now I've given you all the clues now. Now go forth. So I need to go into the kitchen, speak to Herbert, what? and no, he'll become no, emperor. forget Herbert. Forget Herbert. Nothing to do with... Fine, I, I take back the herb thing. It's too too subtle. No, right, okay, no, let's start again. Um, Go, go to where it begins and call out for a boy. But my mother's dead. No, no. Um, go to the entrance and call out for a boy who is destined to be emperor. The entrance to what? I, I don't understand. The monastery, I'm... man. The monastery. Go to the entrance of the monastery and put your head out and call for a boy. The Nightwatch really don't like that. Oh, I can't no, go right. into the... Okay, look, his name's Basil, all right? His name's Basil. He's going to be emperor one day. He's, lit he's sleeping right outside, just outside your door, right now. Go and get him. Like, give him a cup of tea or something. I can't go to the gate and start shouting out names. That's just weird. Why, why would I just do that? Just do it. I... Look, just do it. Go on, off you go. Fine. Ah, lovely dream world again. What, what are you doing here? Oh, oh, oh. You're back. You, uh, Diab... Diabetes? Diabetes. I, why are you back? I, 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 I fell asleep again. I, I, you I fell asleep? I, I sent you forth. But there was this Emmental cheese. It was very creamy. Oh, it was good delicious. God. Right, no, go. Back again. Back again. Back again. Basil. His name's Basil. <sighs> Dream world. Back here. Oh, hello, little fishy. What's your name? <clears throat> There's a bicycle. Oh, 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 oh. As the words aren't working, it's time to get out the Punisher. Oh, oh it's this dream again. <laughs> Marvellous. Uh, Theophilus apparently liked his servants to fit a particular mould, shall we say. <laughs> it's the noise they made when they went in. Yeah. That took a moment to hear. <laughs> what a weird joke. <laughs>
sort of gone. I think it's gone beyond surreal. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're powered up well before going into the mould. <laughs> I think it's going to be quite good. This. That's a pain. That is. Have you got any trousers for tomorrow? Nope.